listening to Radio Free Hillsdale on 101.7 FM. Hi, this is Alexa. Today I'll be welcoming you all to the first episode of The Book Broadcast, brought to you by me as an excuse or or rather a fun opportunity to talk about some of my favorite books with some of my favorite people. If you don't already know me, I'm a junior at Hillsdale College currently living in DC with the WIT program. I'm an English major, politics minor, and so far I've really loved living and working in the city, but I've realized that recently I really need to work on managing my work-life balance a little bit more, and this radio show gave me an opportunity to kind of do something I really enjoy and continuously block out time during the week to make time to do this thing that I enjoy that's leisurely that's fun um, so I'm really excited to be bringing this show to you guys um, so the original inspiration for this show I guess kind of goes all the way back to high school in a sense because that's where I really discovered my love for literature and then I've been pursuing it in college and um, getting to explore it on an even bigger and greater level so I've had so many great professors on campus and up on campus here in DC it's been wonderful I'd seen or I see literature as a sort of lens through which I can observe the world, understand it more, understand the people around me. It's just such an incredible thing to be able to do and incorporate into my education since I enjoy it so much. It's, you know, a sort of artistic lens that better informs your perception of the world and allows you to understand others and the way they act um, through different or various philosophers, critics, artists. It's amazing. I love literature. <laughs> Anyways, I decided that I wanted another way to be able to pursue literature outside of the classroom. So I've always wanted to do a sort of book, cl book club or review or that sort of thing. Um, and I realized that I love to ask people about their favorite books. There's just something that oh my gosh about asking people about their favorite books that is just so interesting to me because you learn a little bit about like what drives them person like personally what they enjoy where they come from and it's always interesting to un to hear why it is their favorite book you just you get a little peek into into their soul almost per se um so i also i want to note that i I'm intending to make this show um, accessible for everyone. I want to keep it fun. I want to keep it fresh. But I also want to lean into the academic side of things at times since it helps uh, set the stage for understanding um, certain works better and just works in general. And just to clarify, I am not an accredited scholar or anything of the sort. I'm just doing this for fun. So I will be doing some preliminary research at times for the show, but I will also be... and. To kind of sum up the intentions behind the show and some of my future plans, a lot of the time I will just be discussing some of my favorite books and reads. That's what I kind of came here to do. But in the future, I plan to have other people on the show to discuss their favorite sorts of books and um, works, poetry, all that sort of thing. So anything literature reading related, <laughs> I hope to include on the show. So poems, stories, um, anything else within that vein. So I, I'm going to just keep focused so I don't get distracted by all the different types of works. Anyways, today specifically, we're going to jump into a poem by Percy Shelley. It's called Prince Athanase. I'm pretty sure Prince Athanase. Yes. So it's a narrative poem written by Percy Shelley. And just to give you some fast facts about the author. So Percy Shelley is a well-known English romantic poet and novelist. He lived between 1792 and 1822. And he, he's kind of known for being one of the figures at the forefront of romantic era literature. Many of his works sort of examine the tension between worldly beauty and divine beauty, human suffering, and, and various components of human life through a lens of intense emotional sentiment. Mentality. 
Um, his works often play out across domestic and socially centered landscapes and are communicated through a steady undercurrent of classical themes and references. So in Prince Athenais, Shelley explores definitions of love which directly pull from the Platonic dialogue. So you can see the classical influence throughout his entire work. And oh, just a little tidbit, his wife is Mary Shelley. Um, she edited and published a lot of his works and she wrote Frankenstein and um, Frankenstein and a lot of her works were just other things that sort of epitomized the turbulent emotional landscape of the romantics. So she was a great example. And so Prince at Prince Athanase is, um, as a work, is a not very well-known fragment written in 1817, and it's made up of five individual parts. It's seen as a counterpart to another one of Shelley's short poetic stories known as Alastor, um, and both kind of revolve around this sort of tragic hero and the turmoils of this heroic youth. However, um, so Prince Athanase has this hamartia. He has this kind of fatal flaw. He, though he is like incredibly virtuous and upstanding and wise, um, he's looking for a type of love that kind of doesn't exist in this world, the sort of ultimate heavenly love. He's looking for this transcendent love in a human person. So um, in Mary Shelley's, one of her footnotes on the poem, she says that Prince Athanase is... He's looking for, or he seeks through the world, the one who he may love, through the world. And he's seeking this like ultimate person, someone who possibly doesn't really exist in this world. So um, to quote a scholar uh, known as Barry John Capella, um, he wrote a dissertation on Shelley's quest poems, as he calls them, and he refers to the main problem in Prince Athanase as a schism between the immediate world and the ideal, and no human, or quote, no human is perfect, but the poet can be satisfied with no one less, end quote. So there is this constant tension throughout the poem where it's Prince Athanase, he's looking and searching for this love. He is lamenting and he's brutalized. He's this good person who's aware of the beautiful parts of the world, but he just can't find this ultimate love that he's looking for. So the question that kind of arises is what is the ideal love? Can anyone human perfectly capture this ideal love and something that is recognized throughout the poem is that Prince Athanase he's there there's a quote in the poem that says he's not a slave to heaven nor earth so he's looking for the ultimate form of love but he has no like no roots in the highest form of love the divine the transcendent love from heaven per se so what are the limits of earthly love that's that those are the sort of questions that um, arise throughout this work so the plot line is a bit loose but in general um, you have this prince he's go kind of going on these journeys searching for love you know he's enduring all these brutal intense emotions like internally he's just fighting with himself looking looking searching for something to fulfill him um and yeah there's not too much of a strong plot like he's traveling you are introduced to his relationship with this sort of nestorian figure this father this wise father-like figure um forgive me if i botcher this name it's Zenorus, Zenorus, yes. So this this old figure kind of has been with him since his youth. He this this figure bolsters him up. He's wise. He but he can only carry Athenais so far. He can only support him so much till Athenais kind of has to 
face the music um, of what he needs and that his desire for this ultimate divine love from a human being is destroying him. And so he's traveling. We meet Zenorus. Um, and then eventually he kind of meets this ideal woman, this or this ideal woman, and she disappoints him. She does not perfectly embody the ideal love that he's been looking for. And he's crushed. He's destroyed. And he dies early. It's a really sad poem. There's a lot of really beautiful physical and natural imagery throughout the poem. So it's it's a very loose plot line. Like you don't actually get a description of the woman, the woman till the very end, till after he's been disappointed. And the woman herself is kind of described through all these natural, beautiful aspects of the world. Like she doesn't even really have a human form, which is kind of ironic. Um, anyways, there's, I feel that there's two kind of main takeaways that can come from this work um, and I just to quote Capella again who I just referenced earlier he says quote no mortal can embody the intellectual physical and moral perfection the poet envisioned so there there's two main things that kind of come from this and that I kind of also pulled from Capella's work first you need to have some sort of grounding some foundation in heavenly love that is the ultimate form of love the ultimate fulfilling type of love and it doesn't have that sort of romantic aspect per se but it is what fulfills you like all the loves that you form on earth are going to be informed by your heavenly love so you need to rely on that firstly and then secondly you cannot seek heavenly love through the earthly. Yes, there is a pure, there is an, there's a pure form of earthly love. There is a earthly love that is as close to the divine, to the transcendent love as it can be. But the earthly love will never be on par, will never be equal to divine love. And you kind of have to reconcile yourself with that and not expect to find this in another person or else you will be eternally disappointed. Um as we've learned through Athene. So it's an amazing, very beautiful, flowing poem. Um, the imagery is incredible, very striking. If I had more time, I would love to read some more passages to you, but it's it's just, it's a wonderful poem. Not only are we kind of met with the struggles of a poet to seek out those greater, more beautiful parts of the world. This is the struggle, the striving, the searching to express these things and understand them, but also the reality of their situation. They can only go so far. They can only traverse so far into heaven from earth. And, you know, I even feel like this is just kind of adding on my own take that he totally, Prince Athanase totally kind of passes up or doesn't pay much attention to the deep love that Zenoris has for him. There is a there's a specialness of the sort of love that a mentor mentee sort of have. Like even without the romantic aspect, that is something you can find fulfillment in. It doesn't always have to be love with a sort of partner. Maybe that wasn't necessarily meant for him. Who knows? But this is great work. Definitely recommend um checking it out. I know that today was a little bit more heady academic, um, but I felt like I needed to jump into more of like the academic context to be able to justify this work to some degree as much as I could but it's a wonderful work um and just to give you guys a heads up about next week and just um other future plans I do intend to be more casual and do different types of work so we're not always going to do this deep rooting intense emotional poetry we're going to do some more fun and fresh stuff and I'm going to bring people in in the future to be able to talk about some of their favorite books too I won't just go on and on and on about the sort of things that I really like so uh, next week, you can expect some musings on one of my favorite Tom Stoppard plays, and hopefully in a couple weeks, I will 
bring in our first guest to talk about their favorite book. Dun, dun, dun. So I hope you'll tune in again with me next time. I was so excited to record this first episode and thank you so much. All right. You're listening to Radio Free Hillsdale on 101.7 FM. Tune in next week for some thoughts on the real Inspector Hound, a hilarious and chilling Tom Stoppard player. Thanks, guys. See you next week.